coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the AO studio. Hey, yeah. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D. We got a great show for you tonight. A few teams get embarrassed on Sunday. Justin Jefferson goes on IR. And the Browns. Oh, I'm sorry. And the Braves are up against the ropes right now, getting pummeled 10 to 2 by the Phillies. So we begin today's show with the NHL season has started. That's right, the NHL is back. The nice futures versus past game when the Penguins facing off against the Blackhawks last night. The Lightning beat the Preds. And the defending chance opened up against the Kraken, which the beginning ceremony was fantastic in Vegas for anybody who tuned in. Z. What are some storylines you're going to be following early on in the season? And who do you expect to see in the Stanley Cup Finals? Well, you have plenty of... You have plenty of storylines. You have Connor Bedard, who's supposed to be the wonderkin. who's supposed to be the last can't-miss prospect, right? The last time we heard can't-miss was Lafreniere. Not great. Before him was Jack Hughes. Seems to have hit on that. So who's he going to be? And is Chicago going to use Connor Bedard and feature him the way the Devils have featured Jack Hughes? Or are they going to kind of slip him in in the bottom tier of the lines like the Rangers have done with Wolf Capocacco and Alexis Lafreniere? Or is he going to get completely buried like a guy like Owen Power? You know, he's stuck up in Buffalo, which is the equivalent of Siberia in America. I'm looking to see how Connor Bedard adjusts to the NHL. I'm interested to see how Adam Fantilli adjusts to the NHL for the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, two 19-year-old studs. Well, actually, Bedard is 18, which is even better. Even younger. Wonderful. So, the NHL is getting an injection of talented youth hockey. They absolutely are getting an influx of talented players, right? Now, what are we going to see? What are we going to see at the end? Vegas has installed not the Golden Knights, but the Carolina Hurricanes as the favorite. Yeah. Which I find interesting. Great defense. Very good defense. Not good enough goal, scoring. Good goalkeeping, though. Not enough scoring. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, still, not, still not enough offense. Mm-hmm. Still not enough offense in Carolina. They remind me of the mid-teen Rangers, right? Under Torts. Defensive heavy, had enough to beat you, but by the time... By the time they got to the finals, they were just beaten up and dead. Like, there was nothing left. It was very easy for the LA Kings to kind of pick the Rangers apart because they were being held together by gum and duct tape. So, 
Hurricanes play a good style of hockey, solid style of hockey, one that is a winner in the regular season, does it translate to playoffs? They haven't gotten over the hump yet. What are the Bruins without Bergeron? I don't know. Brad Marchand is taking over the captaincy. Are they going to be able to continue on? I th- they're talented, but are they going to be missing a guy like Patrice Bergeron? I, I think so. Like, you don't replace a guy like him. You firmly expect the Avalanche to be there. You firmly expect the Golden Knights to be there. You firmly expect the Kraken to be there. And in the true nature of sensationalism, we're going to be focused on, you know, the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs, as we are all the friggin' time. Is this the year? Is this the year that Connor McDavid ascends? Spoiler alert. No. Is this the year that the Maple Leafs make it back? Spoiler alert. tired of talking about them and yet in the same way we talk about the Dallas Cowboys over and over and over again we're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers and the Toronto Maple Leafs they're overstated they're overrated but they're still going to be discussed the Lightning announced their presence with authority I firmly expect them to be in the mix I expect the Rangers to be in the mix even though you know there is an embarrassing and gut-wrenching end to the season last year. They brought a new coach. Let's see what Peter LaViolette can do. Right? Peter LaViolette has a good track record of turning organizations around. He doesn't have to turn the Rangers around that far. Gallant had them in the playoffs multiple times. So Peter LaViolette could possibly be the guy to get them over the top. As far as Stanley Cup prediction, it's too early, but I mean, I'm a Ranger fan. I want my team there. You know, like they're not that far off. They're, they're, they haven't been that far off for years. This would be the year to take the leap because there aren't many teams. Same thing for the Devils. The Devils can absolutely take the, the leap. You have two Hughes brothers, two out of the three. That's not bad. They're young, they're fast, they're hungry. The Devils can easily make a run in the Eastern Conference. The Penguins went and got Eric Carlson. They're loading up for one more run with the band. They can be in it. They're they're loading up for one more time. The Panthers can make it back. The Panthers were in the Stanley Cup Final last year, albeit they were a Matthew Kachuk-led team. It was pretty much Matthew Kachuk and everybody else. But if they can get... If they can get performances out of everybody, suddenly the Panthers, you know, are looking good. So obviously I'm going to take the Rangers because I'm a Ranger fan. That's what we do. That's what I do. I live in hope and I die in despair. It's what I do. So against the Rangers in the Stanley Cup Finals, I got to say, the Western Conference is loaded, right? Because you're probably going to have a top four of Vegas, Colorado, Dallas is good, Seattle is good. There's a, there are a lot of teams. Out Edmonton, there. Edmonton is good, right? There's plenty of guys, plenty of teams there. And pretty much anybody not named the San Jose Sharks. 
but I think it's going to end up being Avs Rangers. Rangers in seven. What say you? Avs Rangers. Wow. Rangers in seven. Well, I mean, let's start with this. Hats off to the NHL for pitting Connor Bedard against Sidney Crosby in opening night. It was one of the largest rated NHL opening nights in history. Well done. Well done. Um, you know, there's, I mean, it's the NHL. It's fun. The players are fun. The, the, you know, it's a, it's a good product. Um, I'm interested in watching a lot of teams, honestly. I'm interested in, I think the Winnipeg Jets have the best roster. Mm, I really do. I'm just not sure it's enough to propel them once they get to the playoffs, as weird as that sounds. Um, I think the Avalanche are going to look to redeem themselves. I think uh, they have the best defense in the Western Conference. There's no reason not to believe in them. Kraken, only weakness is the goalie. I think they're very talented and they were a fun team to watch. You know, NHL treats their expansion teams very well. Knights are going to compete all the way to the end. I just think they're going to play differently this year. I think they understand what it takes to get to the Stanley Cup Finals and they don't necessarily need to you know, compete at a high level for 82 games. I think they understand that, you know, once you get around game 50 or game 60, let's get everybody healthy and let's make a run. So I think they can be a very dangerous team towards the end of the season. The Kings have a lot of firepower. I think the Kings are, are not going to be someone that could be trifled with. But, you know, in, I, it's hard for me to not believe in the Edmonton Oilers. You know, goaltending is still a concern. But I have them winning the division. You know, I do think that they're, I do think they're the best team. Um, now, you know, when we had, when we had East. I mean, the Islanders' defense and goaltending is elite. I just worry about their scoring. I don't think, you know, they, I don't think they're, they don't do well on the power play, and, and I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe in their, I don't, I don't believe in their, their scorers. You know. Um, I'm interested to see how would the Bruins have a new captain, right? Brad Marchand. Marchand's their captain. I'm 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 interested to see how he takes on the captaincy. Is he gonna be like Char or is he gonna continue his ways where he licks people and, and is an irritant? Will he understand what it means to wear the C in Boston? You know, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. It's history. Now I know, I mean, listen, I'm a Rangers fan too. Um, but I'm not a homer. Like, I could be real about certain situations. I'm just not sure if the kid line of players for the Rangers is going to play well. I don't think they're going to play well together. That's my concern. And yeah, Lavalette's a good coach, but I, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's ready for this. I don't know if he can do I don't know if they can do better than them finishing fourth or fifth, right? I'm sure definitely the best goaltender in the league. There's only so much he can do. And he's got to stay healthy and, and stay behind the pipes. I don't believe in the Penguins. I've we talked about this for the last two years. As soon as they re-signed Malkin, Crosby, and Latang, I was like, it's over, guys. It's over, man. It's cute that you want to get the band back together. You want to make one more run. It's just not in you. You don't got it, man. This, this has been going on for too long now. I just, I don't know. They missed the playoffs last year, right? They missed the playoffs last mm-hmm. year, didn't they? Yeah, I don't. I don't see that. I don't see that coming around. No way. No way. Um, and how could you not love the Devils? I mean, we we could say we hate the Devils because of where we live, but young, fast, 
talented, they might have the best forward group in the NHL. No, no kid, no jokes aside. Dynasty in the making. It's the way I would describe the Devils right now. And then, like we talked about, Hurricanes. Hurricanes, I think, are the best defense in the NHL, but we both agreed. I don't know about scoring. So, yeah, for me, I got Edmonton and the Devils in the Stanley Cup Finals. Way too early predictions, but just based on talent, it's it's scorching red hot for those two teams. Here's the thing. Talent only gets you so far. Yeah. You need to be able to survive. It's a, it's a war of attrition in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're going to get beaten down like you've never been beaten down before. And I don't know. I don't think that those two teams can stand there at the end. I just think that eventually, it, when push comes to shove, and you have to play physical playoff hockey you're going to get worn down and you're going to get worn out. And that's what happened last year. And that's what happened repeatedly. And expectation, right? The Devils don't have as near of an expectation on them as the Edmonton Oilers or specifically Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid has the expectation. He has the ghost. He has the shadow of Wayne Gretzky. Right? He's supposed to be that guy. He's supposed to be that good. At this point in his career, Gretzky had multiple cups. And I don't want to hear that he didn't have that, you know, Conor McDavid doesn't have the guys around him the way that Messier and Graves and Yari Curry. I don't want to hear that because Edmonton's pretty talented. You said it. Edmonton is very talented. At some point, the leader needs to be the leader and step up. And it doesn't happen. At some point, you need to come to the realization that it's not going to happen. It's kind of like Austin Matthews in Toronto. He may not be that guy. And he has guys around him too. He's got Nealer, he's got Marner, he's got players, right? The, the ownership keeps investing. And every year is different. Every year, every year is the different roster, every year is the same result. Right? The other guys get moved around. It's still that core. Same result. You look at a team like the Avalanche, they're, you have Landeskog, you have McKinnon, you have skill, and you have grit. You need both. You can't win firmly on skill, and you can't beat your way to a cup final. You can't, you can't solely beat your way to a cup final. You need to have a mixture of brute force and skill. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodie, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. But speaking of brute force, the Rangers 
not those Rangers, the Texas Rangers, showed the muscle. They flexed their muscle against the O's, erasing the birds in three games. And now they await the winner of the Houston Astros and Minnesota Twins. Baltimore just could not get anything going against the Rangers. Offensively and defensively and pitching-wise, the O's just did not match up. Did they arrive a little bit too early, or will the O's be back? No, I think they have a bright future. I think what I believe, oh, who's a holiday, Matt Holiday's son, right? He's their top mm-hmm. prospect, right? Yep. And he's going to be playing shortstop. I think his name is Jack Holiday. He's going to be playing shortstop for the next year, most likely. And then they got to go out. Listen, they got to go out there and spend money, right? I mean, look at what the look at what the Rangers did. I mean, if you look in their dugout at the pitchers that should be pitching or could be pitching, I mean, you have Evaldi, you have Degrom, you've got Scherzer, you've got. Uh, Jordan Montgomery. I mean, geez, like that. That you know, they went out and bought those guys, right? Well, they were traded for them, and they're paying for them. Marcus Simeon paid for that guy. Corey Seager paid for that. So, so Baltimore has already their young prospects up, and their stud in Aaron Hicks. Oh, good. So now this off season, they gotta go out and spend some money, go buy some pitchers. Buy a lead starting pitcher, get a nice middle reliever, and get a nice closer. You know, I think that's the next step. I mean, all of their, they had the number one prospects. They had the number one farm system in baseball the last three years. And now all those guys are coming up. They play in a really competitive division, right? Because you know the Yankees are going to be back. You know Boston's going to be back. You're going to have to retool. But I just think this is the start. I have high hopes for Baltimore. But you can tell, you know, in this series, what they didn't have is they didn't have a veteran presence. They didn't have someone there to calm them down. Like, yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool. Like, you got this. We're all right. Like, don't, you know, don't worry about it. Like, they didn't have that calming presence to get them through a postseason. And, you know, now some of those guys have gone through it. And next year it should be better. Well, look at the difference between the Diamondbacks and the Orioles. Who's a steadying veteran presence on the Arizona Diamondbacks who's been to a World Series? Evan Longoria. That guy. Man, it makes a difference. Sure does. Having having a veteran on this team and not Aaron Hicks. <laughs> it, your veteran is Aaron Hicks. I swear to you, I was watching the game last night. A Roldis Chapman was on the mound. Love it. Brandon Hyde pinch hit Brandon hit, um, Aaron Hicks and... Chapman was out of the game. They brought in Jose LeClerc. And I'm like, wait, what? You're you're so afraid of Aaron Hicks is that you're taking out a role Chapman? Like, you know, this is a Trey Lance situation. It's uh, you know, it was absurd to me. There's so many ex-Yankees going around. Sonny Gray got torched the other day, too. We'll talk about that later. But you're right. There are a, there are quite a few you know, veterans on this team, but none that have the necessary playoff experience. You have Adam Frazier, you have Anthony Santander, you have Mountcastle, you have Cedric Mullins. They're veterans, but they're, they've been veterans in Baltimore when they've sucked, right? It's not like Adam Jones is there. It's not like Chris Davis was there. 
the, that mentorship did not happen because they gutted the team. Nick Markakis isn't there. Like Nick Markakis was a good veteran steadying force on the Orioles for years. And he's not there. Now, Jordan Westberg, he's going to be good, right? Rushman, we know how good Rushman is. Gunnar Henderson's probably going to win rookie of the year. They got studs. They have studs offensively. Tyler Wells pitched well out of the bullpen last night. Dean Kramer got torched. And all fairness to him, he is Israeli. He has family in Israel. His head was not there. He said he wanted to pitch. His head was not in the game. I I, I can only imagine that his head was not in this game. One and two thirds, six runs, seven hits. Two bombs. So that one you kind of have to wash, you know? You kind of have to wash that one. But losing Bautista didn't help because you lost a, you lost a stud closer. Kid was a rookie, established himself very well as a closer. I mean, Genier Cano filled in admirably. DL Hall is there. Again, kids, kids. Kyle Gibson came out of the bullpen and gave you length. This is the same Kyle Gibson that Texas got rid of. So. They definitely need to kind of add some veteran presence to this team. You're absolutely right. But the AL East in general did not have a good showing. 0 and 7. They went, they got swept. Swept the fuck out. <laughs> you got three teams and nobody won a game. Not a game. Not one. Not one. So maybe, maybe just maybe. The AL East was overrated by us, was overrated by Major League Baseball, was overrated by all the pundits. Now, kudos to the Rangers. They did what they needed to do. I am... I'm not sure what's going to come up. You know, that they are beating up on inferior pitching. But if you draw the Astros in the next round, all of a sudden, that is no longer the case. Right? You're drawing Christian Javier. You're drawing Justin Verlander. You're drawing, you know, studs. You're drawing, you're drawing a, a, a worthy adversary in the Houston Astros. Now, I'll be, I'll be, you know, their cheating ways aside. Right? That's something that is going to be interesting. The Astros are, they, they feel like they're getting towards the end of their rope. They definitely feel you're starting to get towards the end of it, right? You're starting to see guys go. You saw Springer go. You saw Correa go. Jeremy Payne did not have the season this year that he did last year. What do you do with Bregman? What's Alex, what does he become? Like, does he stay? Justin Verlander, he's not long-term. He's not there for the long haul. He can't be. So that window might be closing. Texas has enough of a mix that they could be around for a while. Now, what do they do, right? You said they brought home, they, they brought in all these guys. They brought in DeGrom, they brought in John Gray, they brought Jordan Montgomery, they brought in Matt Scherzer. That's fine. Like, that's fine for now. Like, how do you keep them is the question. Do you keep them is the question. I mean, DeGrom is there regardless. Do you bring back Monty? Or do you, or does Monty end up going to a team like Baltimore, who who could pay him? 
right? The Baltimore is going to need pitching. If Shohei Otani wanted to win a division, I would argue that he should come east and go to Baltimore. It's not a sexy market. It's not a big market. But it's one that's going to love him. It's one that's focused on winning. And could you imagine Otani in Camden Yards? <laughs> and his primary as his primary ballpark? Because remember, next year he's not pitching. Next year he's gonna be hitting. Right. And hitting only and only hitting. Mm-hmm. It's a launching pad. Absolute launching pad. So it remains to be seen what's gonna happen there. But the Orioles will be back. I, I am not concerned at all that the Orioles peak too soon. They are way too talented and the cream will rise to the top yet again. Speaking of the cream rising to the top yet again, of the top seeds, right? Of the top seeds, the Braves managed to win a game. Over for the Dodgers. Over for the Orioles. The Braves took one from the Phillies and that didn't help matters because they're still on the ropes. They just got bludgeoned again. They were down 4 nothing heading into late innings and Acuna, Darno, and Riley rallied late, even the series at one game apiece and that Michael Harris catch doubling off Bryce Harper. What the, where the hell Bryce Harper was going, I don't know. But we'll get to that in a second. Now, the Phillies just knocked off the Braves, taking a 2-1 lead. Are they firmly in the driver's seat? And is this... Is this the series that's going to produce your National League champion? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think the winner of this series will eventually represent the National League in the World Series. And yeah, I do think <laughs> I do think the Phillies are in the driver's seat, man. Like they just banged the ball and just the way this whole playoff was set up was just stupid. Uh, I'm not compl- I'm not complaining cuz it's fine. I mean, listen, they're the team that the Braves had to beat them. Regardless, you beat whoever is in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want. There's no excuses coming from my side. It's just stupid. It's just like I'd rather, I'd rather have seen a seven-game series between these two teams than a five-game series. Um, you know, the pro, the problem is they gotta face Wheeler, man. <laughs> like he is just he. If they get to game five, they gotta face Wheeler. That's the problem I have. Um. And they just haven't really... The Braves only scored two runs tonight. So it's like, what the fuck is going on? We, we like... We broke all these records during the regular season for runs and home runs. And all of a sudden, we forgot how to score. But this comes to facing... You're facing a division opponent. They know you in and out. And then you're giving them fuel for the fire. The whole attaboy, Harper, all that other bullshit. Like, you guys can't do that. You know, this is a five-game series. You can't be messing around. So they're going to have to go in, and they're going to have to do the bludgeoning next game. They're going to have to try to put up 10 runs, 13 runs. That's the only way you're going to be safe. 
I mean, come on. The, the, the Phillies' leadoff hitter hit 47 home runs this year. And hit the game 200. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not impressed by that. I am. That's freaking crazy. A leadoff hitter hitting 47 bombs. And hitting below 200. Yeah, and yeah. And more walks than hits. It's working. <laughs> it's fucking working. Insane. You have you have a leadoff hitter in Trey Turner. Why are you not using him in the leadoff spot? Why are Clearly, we they don't have to. And all of a sudden, this guy remembers how to play again. And all it took was that standing ovation. Like they gave him a standing ovation. When did Philly start wrapping their arms around people? Like, well, when did this happen? Well, to just to you know, Schwarber didn't do anything tonight. So, ah. but Trey Turner did. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to get to that Michael Harris catch. Like, oh my God! People are tripping all over themselves to anoint this catch, my man. I saw it live. Yeah, like I, Will Bond invoked Willie Mays, and I turned off PTI. <laughs> that was not Willie Mays level. They like going over the top on everything. Everything is oh, it's the best and it's the greatest, and no, that was impressive. Number one, he didn't have to jump. Number two, <laughs> he crashed into the fence. Number three. Yes, he hit the right cutoff, man. And number four, where the fuck was Bryce Harper going? <laughs> the terrible base running. I was actually very impressed with him catching the ball against the wall and having the wherewithal to get the ball back into the infield after, after that impact. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty impressive to me. Why the hell are, are, te- are, are stadiums still employing chain link fence? What, did they not learn from Bobby Valentine ripping his leg apart? Like, you know, you go through it, you're done. But, you know, it was an impressive catch. It was a good catch. Is it Willie Mays and Vic Wirtz? No. Absolutely not. You guys are insane. You guys are insane if you are making that comparison. I'm sorry. It was a good catch. Yeah. It was an absolutely good catch. It was not the greatest catch I've ever seen. But and then the Ryan, greatest, and... ca- greatest catch I've ever seen... Jim Edmonds always yes. when he made that diving catch. Yeah, I was about to say Jim Edmonds probably the best one I ever seen too. That's it was impressive though. Like I, I do think it was impressive. I wasn't expecting it, and like I said, I was more impressed with him getting the ball back into the infield than Albie's misses the ball, but Riles is backing him up and scoops it and throws a fucking laser to Olsen to end the game. Yep. So. And I, I understand what you're saying about where Bryce was going, but Bryce is trying to be aggressive and and score. Uh, he's thinking it's going to hit against the wall. It's he, his, his gut was it was going to either hit against the wall or go over the wall. So I don't think he didn't think he was in too much trouble by standing where he was going to stand because, again, it was going to be tough. For that guy to make the catch against the wall and then get the ball back in to double him up. And it almost didn't work because Albies missed the ball. It was only because Riles was backing him up that they actually got Harper and it was close. It wasn't even like it, it was close. So, but it was uh, unnecessary. It was yeah. absolutely unnecessary. You play halfway there. It's the ninth inning. Yeah. You have no, You. what are you doing? Yeah, you have I, to know the situation. No, I hear you. I hear you. But I, I, I don't, I'm not mad at the guy. Come on, man. He, he, he didn't co- I don't think he cost him the game. He was the last out. He was the last out, but he didn't cost him the game. Come on. 
you you have to know you have to know the situation. You can't. He almost got back. He almost got back. It doesn't almost doesn't count. This is not horseshoes. So what would you have done today? Benched him? Are you gonna go talk to him after the game? Yeah. What the fuck are you thinking? (laughs) Do you have eyes? So Robbie Thompson should have patted him on the leg. Now, in that situation, do you do you tell him when he gets back to the dugout? Did you tell him this morning? Do you tell him after a shower? At what point Z, are you going to tell him that you didn't appreciate it the way he ran the bases? In the moment. So you wait for him. You wait for him in the dugout as he's coming off the field. Mm-hmm. No, because you don't let it fester. You don't let reporters get to it. You deal with it now. So especially you don't wait for the shower. Like that's just weird. Are you subtle about it or you, you get right to the point? What, what were you thinking? That's it. No need to be confrontational. So no, so no profanity. No profanity. What were you thinking? Like you got and then And then, if I'm Harper, if you if, if I'm coming off the field and you say what are you thinking? I probably don't answer you. I don't answer you. I go I go right right by you and into the dugout and get changed and maybe on my way out I'll be like my bad. I won't explain what I was thinking because I wasn't thinking. I was just Precisely. trying to be aggressive. Precisely. Your head was firmly in your ass and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He run, he runs the bases with his head up his ass. That's who he is. He's an and asshole. again, he's an asshole. Again. But to go back to the question, I don't necessarily think that the Phillies are in the driver's seat. I God, think this I is hope you're right, be, man. I, I, I think right. this is going to be a punch-counterpunch situation. God, I hope so. And game five's a coin flip. I think they knocked us out last year. Sure did. Yeah. That just might, if They might have your kryptonite. They just might have your number. It's just a division game. It's not about kryptonite. You play a team enough, you know them. What? If So we were 8-5 and five against them in the regular season. They just scooped two, and we got one. So now it's 10-7. I mean, it's close. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what you expect it to be. But I think it's... I think this one is far from over. Mm. So, you know, they are... They're, the Braves did show signs of life. They didn't yeah. roll over like the Dodgers. Yeah. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. One team that's not showing much signs of life. (laughs) The Minnesota Vikings. Justin Jefferson, arguably the best wide receiver in the league, pulled his hamstring on Sunday and will be sidelined the next four weeks. The Vikings are now 1-4, and and they're about to hit the road without their best player. And Cousins is in the final year of his his guaranteed contract, which I found out he got paid most of the money up front, so there's not much left on the contract. So Z, I feel like we talk about this every weekend, but has your has your story changed? I mean, what should the Vikings do with Kirk Jefferson in the 2023 season? Well, excuse me. The season's washed at this point. If you're 
constantly going to be in a situation where you're turning the ball over, you got nothing. You have no leg to stand on. You absolutely cannot turn the ball over at the rate that the Minnesota Vikings are turning the ball over and expect good things. You cannot expect good results. You cannot expect good results when you don't have a decent running game. You just can't. The only reason why the Vikings are anywhere that they are is because of Kirk Cousins. He has close to 1,500 yards already. That's pretty darn good. Right? Justin Jefferson has close to 600 yards already. He's got 571. Alexander Madison is their leading rusher. He has 276 yards in the season. Crushing it. Brees Hall had about half that in the game against the Broncos. So you need balance. You absolutely need balance for success in this league. Even when you got to the Super Bowl last year, what did you notice? It was not throwing the ball all over the field. It was a balanced attack by both sides. Both both sides at least attempted to run the ball. Kevin O'Connell, I don't don't think he wants to run the ball. It's not who he is. It's not who he is as a coach. You can't can't do that and expect to win. Because what's going to happen? Everybody's going to play the pass. And you don't have a running back to kind of keep them off of it. Because you got rid of Dalvin Cook. So... You're kind of punting on the season at this point. Jefferson, don't rush him back. There's no point to rush him back. And you get a look. You're going to get a look at Jordan Addison. See what he is. See if he can be a top flight receiver. You thought highly enough of him to take him at 24 in the first round. See what you got. Come trade deadline... If you get blown away for Kirk Cousins, sure, why not? 20 days away, Halloween. Yeah. yeah. So if you get if you get blown away, I'm not saying you take a ham sandwich. But if you get a fourth round pick, an offer of a fourth round pick, you take that. Well, he also has to approve of the trade. He's got a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. Now, we have said multiple times that he's very comfortable in Minnesota. Loves the area, invested in the community, built a house. Is he willing? What situation is good enough for him? Certainly not the Jets. He's not a New York guy. I can tell you right now, Kirk Cousins is not a New York guy. It's just not, it's just not in him. You can tell guys who are going to be successful in New York. He's not one of them. So where does, where does that leave Kirk Cousins? What situation what situation would benefit a guy like Kirk Cousins? Atlanta? If they don't yeah. believe in Desmond Ritter? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But I don't know. I think you're just going to have to ride this out and just let the season wash and go from there. Because I don't know if you're going to get more than a fifth round offer for Kirk Cousins. And 
I don't know. Like, you might be willing to take him, but you might be willing to take that, but I, I just don't think that's going to be the case. And now, if you're Kurt, what do you want? Do you want to just keep playing for a team that's not going anywhere? I'm very happy where I am, mm. right? I need to be in a situation where I'm going to benefit from it. Now, what has Kirk Cousins done in this league, right? And what has he not done in this league? I am going to a team, if I'm Kirk Cousins, the only way I'm leaving my situation is if I am going to a team where I'm going to potentially be in the Super Bowl. Should the Patriots look to get him? Oh, dear God. So, I don't know if he would want that. Because the Patriot situation is dire. We're going to talk about that. Like, that's that's hideous. The Patriots are dire. I don't know if you flip. Because you figure... Well, you figure Mac Jones would go back in the trade, right? Or you just cut Mac Jones if you were... Uh, if you're the yeah. GM, yeah. So no, you're gonna you're gonna send Mac over there. Yeah. So for a rental, because remember Cousins is a free agent. I don't know if Belichick will do that. I don't know if it benefits him because the Patriots are also one and four, and they look like the worst team in the league. Yeah. So I think if you're Kirk Cousins, you just ride this out and just kind of see what happens in the offseason. Excuse me. You said you feel that way if you were the Vikings as well. You're just going to ride this out with Kurt. I think it's the way to go. I think it's the play at this point. Because I I don't know what you're going to get for, you know, three months of Kirk Cousins. I don't know if you might get a fifth that becomes a fourth. Maybe Uh, some. People are going to try and play hardball with you. (laughs) Yeah. You have the asset, but. You only yeah, have I'm like, the asset I, for a few more months. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing is, is like, I think you look around the league and you're like, well, even if Jefferson comes back, it's like we can't compete against the best teams in the in the league. Like, we can't compete against the 49ers. We can't compete against the Eagles. So I, I'd probably go to Kirk and see what he wants to do. Like, man, is there a team you want me to trade you to? Because, listen, Jefferson's going to be out for four weeks. I mean, if he's healthy and we're one and eight, he ain't, he ain't playing. Like, you know, it's a wrap. So, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay here? Is there a team you want us to call? And then, you know what? We always have the option to, to bring you back next year. You know, because, you know, next year we'll, you know, we'll be ready to play again. You know, so it's not like it's uh this could be like a Chapman situation where, you know, you leave, but then you wind up coming back and, and playing well for us again. So I just think that one know, situation that I'm monitoring, I'm uh, I'm, oh, I'm always monitoring the Niners, right? Because that train's never late. They're always managing to get their quarterback hurt. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> They've been surprisingly healthy this year. Yeah. Really surprisingly. I would, <clears throat> I, would ho- I would hope against hope for two places, either the Niners or the Dolphins. But yeah. I don't want to wish ill on other people. No, no. But but that train's never late. That injury train is never late for both teams. No. But there were there were a few embarrassing games this weekend. The Patriots were blown out 34-0 at home by the Saints. The the Bears blew out the Commies 40-20. And the Denver Broncos lost the Hackett Bowl. 
Oh, yeah, and the Giants gave up seven sacks to the Dolphins and lost 31 to 16. So who had the most embarrassing weekend? There is only one answer. It's the Patriots. Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. It it is it's <clears throat> sad at this point. And I was talking to my fiance about it and, and she's a you know, she follows the Jets. Her co-workers follow the Jets. They've been talking about it just like can you kind of take your foot off the gas pedal in terms of hatred of the Patriots now? Can you do that? Because the mighty have fallen so far. And to be fair, it's not like the Cowboys where they shit talk every year and this year is their year and how about them boys? The Patriots are a very professionally run organization. They don't do that. They're not bloviators. They're not carnival barkers. So do you, like, can you have a little bit of sympathy for them wallowing around in the muck with everybody else, you know, and just living like everybody else? They have 11, they average, they average 11 points per game. <laughs> I, I don't need to tell you that's dead ass last in the league. They average 11 points. Passing yards, they're barely above two. They're barely above two hundred. That rushing attack is non-existent. The defense, it can only. I mean, what do you expect, right? You can only do so much, right? It wouldn't surprise me, you know, if I'm Belichick, maybe I put Matthew Judon on the block, like maybe I put some of these guys on the block and get some picks bottom out completely because you can't do worse you can't do much worse well he says they're gonna start over whatever that means it's not like you're gonna he said he's not benching he's not gonna bench Mac Jones so not really starting over Bailey Zappi's been atrocious anyway right but they're 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 just it's just they're just a bad team right they're a bad roster they like there's there, there's literally nobody on that team to be scared of. No. Like if they're coming to town, it's like, whoa, what am I worried about? Kendrick Bourne? Nope. Oh, worry about Lamandre Stevenson? What's, you guys can't run the ball. You can't you can't even run the ball. Um, the offensive line is atrocious. <sighs> atrocious. But how much of this is Coach Belichick's fault? as opposed to GM Belichick's fault because, I mean, he hasn't drafted a player of consequence probably since 2014 when he drafted James White. Mm. So who who does this more fall on, the coach or the GM? 70-30 GM. Okay. So is it it possible that at the end of the season he just gets fired from being the GM of the team and he just goes back to coaching – I mean, is it possible Kraft kicks him out of the building, especially if they get the number one pick? Like, how, how does this play out? It just, <coughs> you know, and I was looking at him, and he's pretty close to passing Shula on the all-time coaching list for wins. And Andy Reid's not far behind him, too. Andy Reid's probably going to pass Belichick, you know, assuming he, he gets by Shula at some point. But 
There needs to be a major overhaul of the coaching staff. But this has just been self-inflicted, right? Like last year, what? Joe Judge and Matt Patricia were the the coaches, the offensive coordinators, two guys that know nothing about offense. Yes. Trying to teach it to Mac Jones, who just got here five minutes ago. Is that fair to Mac Jones? No. But... Is he bad? Is Mac Jones Jones bad? Or is he just the product of, like, what the fuck is going on here? I think that it's absolutely the wrong place at the wrong time for Mac Jones. I I think, you know, he's a pocket passer in a league that no longer values pocket passers. He went from Josh McDaniels to Joe Judge and Matt Patricia to Bill O'Brien. It's like... He's he's in it's inescapable. The the Tom Brady cloud is inescapable from this franchise, and it really underscores how good Brady is, right? Because he took all of these knuckleheads and he made their chicken shit into chicken salad. He did that on his own with shrewd additions by GM Bill Belichick. Coached by Coach Bill Belichick. I think it's just uh, I think it's just time, man. Like, father time catches up with all of us. And if you're going to wait, if you're going to stubbornly hold on till you pass Don Shula, Robert Kraft isn't going to allow that. This is his baby, right? He's the owner. He's not going to let you run his business into the ground. At least you would think so. I mean, I, I know, I understand Robert Kraft is a loyal guy to his guys, but I don't think he's this loyal. I don't think you can be. You know, you're not going to let your you're not going to let your pride get in the way of rebuilding this organization and taking you back to the top because you're not that far removed. You're not. It's not that far away. So. I still say 70-30 on GM Bill Belichick, but I think he's done, man. I think it's just time. And you know what? O'Brien's got to go. Joe Judge has to go. Matt Patricia has to go. Steve Belichick has to go. <sighs> Him and his mullet. You, you have to start over, right? Belichick said it. We're starting from scratch. We're, we're going back to square one. The organization needs to go back to square one. They need a new voice. They need a new head. They need a new direction. I don't know who that is. But for the better part of almost 30 years, this has been it. Every dynasty comes to an end. Every empire crumbles. Like, this is historic. This is what happens. And usually, the reason why historically the empires crumble is hubris. They think they can, they think they can do it at the drop of a hat. They can keep going. They can let people go. They can bring people in. They can make it all work, right? You can make deals. You wouldn't necessarily make deals in the past. You wouldn't necessarily make. You do them now because I can make this happen. I can make this work. And it's just not happening. It's just not working. And... It's it's really horrible to watch. And not just because they only scored three points in two weeks.
want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Bullshit or no shit, we're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. boys and girls we have a statement and it's either bullshit or no shit here we go bullshit or no shit number one the cleveland browns will hand the 49ers their first loss this weekend no shit i'm all over this wow i'm I'm in i'm in i believe jim schwartz will develop a plan to confuse Brock Purdy, to slow down that running game, to get up in the girl of the receivers. Pretty sure the game is in Cleveland. I'm going with the Browns. I'm going bullshit. <laughs> I'm going bullshit. And I think that's also giving away our picks, too. But I guess we'll see, right? But no, I, I, this has nothing to do with Jim Schwartz's defense. His defense will show up. The other guys get paid to play defense too, and Deshaun Watson is going to be running for his life. Nick Bosa says hello. Greenlaw says hello. I think that it's going to be a slobber knocker, like the great Jim Ross said. And it's going to be punch, counter punch. And at the end, the Niners will barely be standing, but they'll be standing. They have enough there. Brock Purdy. He, ju- he just does enough to win. And when you have a running game like they have with Christian McCaffrey compared to the Chubbless Browns, that's a factor. You know, I get Jerome Ford. I understand, like, your plug and play, but losing Nick Chubb is major. Losing Nick, Nick Chubb is absolutely major. And I think that's going to ultimately be the factor that does them in. Both defenses will come to play but the Niners get the last lap. Bullshit or no shit, number two. Belichick won't make it through the season. You know, it's interesting. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if he gets to make that call. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, you'd say, okay, well, he's won this many championships. He's been there this long. You know, he's earned the right to at least finish the season. But I, I don't. football's not always like that. You know, I'm curious how this is going to go. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say bullshit. He'll make it through the season. But at the end of the season, I think he'll either resign or be act or be asked to step down. Well, we already know that he's not Urban Meyer because if he was Urban Meyer, he would have had a, a hard episode, one of those air quote hard episodes that Urban Meyer has when he wants to get out of a situation. But I think it's bullshit. I think he's going to last the season. I think he's going to take it on the chin. 
He's going to deal with what they have. He's going to try and make the best out of it. And <clears throat> I think at the end of the season, he and Bob Kraft are going to sit down and they're going to discuss next steps. Because I'm sure Robert Kraft has been more than frustrated for a while. Because <clears throat> it, it's very clear. It is very clear that Belichick without Brady is nowhere near as effective as Brady without Belichick. That's right. So, I think there's enough egg on his face that this will be the last year. I think he's a, you know, I think Coach Belichick is a a proud man. Would he want to go out this way? No. But you don't always get to go out the way you want. Right? That, that's not how life works. Not everybody gets to retire on top, like John Elway or Vince Lombardi. Sometimes you get kicked in the ass and you're forced to go. And I think this might be one of those situations where Belichick is... Belichick is persuaded that it's time to uh, see himself in. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. Just do better, boys. Just do better. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at DNZ, and you vote. And you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and takes home the coveted ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week? I don't. Narrowly, Billy Epler. Whoa. Billy Epler. I was surprised. I thought it would have been Evan Neal after the hamburger and hot dog flipper comment, but apparently people don't mind. People are more interested in the fact that Epler kept Daniel Vogel back and manipulated the I.O. Okay. So each their own. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees, Dean? All right. First up, I've got your boy Dylan Brooks. (laughs) Ejected five minutes into the Rockets' first preseason game. 
Great start to uh, your new team, Dylan. Adios, muchachos. Do better. Just do better. You are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, George Kittle. Celebrated mm. a touchdown on Sunday night by lifting up your shirt, displaying a fuck the Cowboys t-shirt. Like, really? Really? Is that necessary? Supposed to be like one of the stars in the league? Is that appropriate? Like, like what did the Cowboys do to you, bro? George Kittle, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last, and certainly my favorite, Clayton Kershaw. Ah. Everyone likes to preface your name with future Hall of Famer, but your playoff woes are, are the only thing I can remember. In your last outing, probably the last of your career, a third of an inning, six hits, six earned runs, and a 162 ERA. Sounds real Hall of Fame to me. Clayton Kershaw, you're my alleged superstar of the week. What do you got, Z? Kershaw's a good one. In the worst possible way. It was absolute. We love to crown people. We love it. We We want to crown them. Crown their ass. Well, they got crowned. Put them right next to Randy Johnson. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, my God. That's that's awful. Absolutely awful. Stud. Complete stud. Yeah, right. So I'm going to start with Mario Cristobal. Head coach of the U. All right. You have this game won. All you have to do. He doesn't believe in it. You believe in it now? I don't know. And they lost. Mario Cristobal, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Denver Broncos talked all that shit. Actually, you know what? Forget the Denver Broncos. They didn't really do anything to Nathaniel Hackett. Sean Payton talked all that shit. All that shit. Off-season champs. All that shit about how Nathaniel Hackett did the worst job. The absolute dirt worst job in the history of the sport. Tell me how that loss tastes. Tell me. Because it, it, I'm sure it doesn't taste good. Jets 31. Broncos 21. Sean Payton. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And then last but not least, the American League East. All three of you. All three of those playoff teams. Oh and 7 Mr. A win. Not one. Not one. Not one. That's bad. And maybe the Orioles were a year too soon, but the Rays have been around for a while. And the Blue Jays, shame on you. It's absolutely ridiculous how you guys did not come to post. Yeah, the Marlins got swept, but the Marlins are a much inferior team to the Phillies. American League East playoff teams. You are my alleged superstars of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our go to our X account at Fade Route DNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominee. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. 
I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. It is the option for NFL Week 6. We are this far into the season. And if you want to play along with us on our pick segment, you know what to do. Go to our Instagram account at Fade Route Podcast. Click that link in bio and join us in our CBS Pick'em League, also entitled The Online. Last week, the lovely Rita Sanchez kicked our asses. Ten wins on the week. Nobody else was close. Nobody else was close. She has a commanding lead in the standing. And let's see if we can let's see if we can catch her a little bit or she's just gonna put us in her dust. Thursday night. The one and four Broncos at the four and one Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. Alabama <clears throat> Chiefs. Broncos are open for business. Do you think this is the game that uh, that sends everybody out the door in Denver? Possibly. Yeah. Probably. No, I don't know. I mean, if you actually look. Um, Russ has a pretty good passer rating, as bad as they are. He's actually having a decent year, but they're just not. You know, the defense is god awful. So, yeah. Well, Brees Hall made them look like Swiss cheese. So it's like they listen to us, run the ball. Good job. Way to go, Hackett. Way to go. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We're back in London again. Why is this happening? <clears throat> The three and two Baltimore Ravens off a horrible loss to the Steelers take on the two and three Tennessee Titans. Titans, really, really? It's just the the, the Ravens' offense. Just, I don't understand what what the plan is. Like I don't get it. Like on the goal line, Lamar just throws a, a terrible fade route. It's like why are we throwing a fade route? What happened to the dynamic option plays last year? Awful. <clears throat> well, those went out the door with the previous coordinator. Guess so. so. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens just because the Titans are that bad. So I, I think that, you know, Lamar is going to have a game. Look out for Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews always seems to uh, be the cure for what ails Lamar. So... Hit your tight end early, hit your tight end often, and they'll be more than okay. We're into the one o'clock hour already. The two and three Washington Commanders go into Hot Atlanta to take on the three and two Atlanta Falcons. Oh, this was a tough one. You know, I just I don't understand why the commies are playing so bad. 
Yeah, I don't understand. They got blown out by the Bears. I gotta think they rebound. We want commies. <clears throat> I'm going with the Falcons. I'm going with the Falcons. I think that Sam Howell is proving himself to be a turnover-prone quarterback. Like, as good as his arm is, decision-making is not there yet. And Desmond Ritter's no better. But I think that Bijan Robinson Bijan. is going Bijan is going to be the key to victory for the Falcons in this one. The one and four Minnesota Vikings go into Soldier Field to take on the one and four Chicago Bears. Okay, I think the Vikings will win this game. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm taking the Bears. As brutal as they've been, Justin Fields is slinging the ball right now. I think you got to ride that hot hand. DJ Moore, it looks like they found something. I'm going to go with the Bears. Bears by 10. The 3-1 and one Seattle Seahawks come east to take on the 2-3 and three Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. <clears throat> Last week was enough for you. You think they've righted the ship? Yeah. I mean, I guess. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know who that guy was. Played like there was nothing wrong with his leg last week. Um, I don't know. It was the okie-doke. It's been one yes. big okie-doke. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think it was an aberration. I need to see more from Mr. Burrow. I mean, Jamar Chase went off. You know, went off on his coach, demanded a trade. Next thing you know, he's, you know, torching people left and right. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. <clears throat> Narrowly. The 5-0 San Francisco 49ers also come east to take on the 2-2 Cleveland Browns. Well, I kind of tipped it off early on, but I'm going with the Browns, man. And nobody's going undefeated. I got them winning there. I got them knocking off the 49ers this weekend. Yeah, that would have been something if you went and took the freaking 49ers after the setup that you pulled. I'm going to go with the Niners. I don't think it's their time yet. I think they got... At least one or two more in them before they go down. But again, defensive struggle barely won by the Niners. The three and two Saints go into uh, Houston to take on the two and three Houston Texans. Saints. Yeah. Alvin Kamara is back, baby. Alvin Kamara is back. And it's going to be a fight. C.J. Stroud's got the Texans playing. He's got them going. But I think the Camara factor is just too strong. The 3-2 and two Indianapolis Colts once again under the spell of Minshew Magic against Minshew's old team, the Jacksonville Jaguars at 3-2. and two. Jags. Mm. I'm going Colts. I'm going Colts. The Jags have kind of been up and down this year. I think Minshew adds a different dimension to the Colts, and Jonathan Taylor's back. Zach Moss went nuts last week. Let's see if they can get Jonathan Taylor back into the fold here. If they do, Colts win pretty handily. The 0-5 Panthers at the 4-1 Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah. And not hard. This will not be. This will not be a hard game at all. 
Panthers go to 0-6 and probably rethinking Bryce Young at this point. We're into the 4 o'clock hour. The 1-4 New England Patriots go into Allegiant Stadium to take on Josh McDaniels, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Myers, and the 2-3 Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. Patriots West. Patriots West. Over, under. Seven points for the Patriots this week. Under. Ooh! Yikes! The 4-1 Detroit Lions go into Raymond James Stadium to take on the 3-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Indominus Sioux Bowl. I gotta believe that the Bucs will win this game with an extra week to prepare, so I'm going Bucs. Mm. This is... This is a surprising matchup. I didn't think the Bucs were going to be this good. That being said, I think the Lions are just a little bit better. I'm going to take the Lions on the road. The 1-4 Cardinals at the 2-3 Rams. L.A. Yeah. Yeah. Stafford to Nakua. Stafford to Cup. Naku has been so impressive. They traded Van Jefferson to the Falcons. So, yeah. Rams are going to beat that ass. The 5-0 Eagles go into MetLife to take on the 2-3. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Eagles. Yeah. It's kind of hard not to imagine that. It's kind of hard. They did... You know, establish the run. Brees Hall looked like a stud last week. Jack <clears throat> Wilson with that killer pick with to Patrick Sertan. That that thigh master pick. They're facing much better competition. Eagles are gonna steamroll the Jets. Your Sunday night special, the one and four New York football giants go into Orchard Park to take on the three and two Buffalo Bills. Bills? See, I'm worried. I'm worried. Because I go back to week one. Right? The Bills have already laid an egg like this this year. Right? Prime time against the Jets. That scares me. If I'm if I'm a Bills supporter. I still don't know if Daniel Jones is going to play. Not that that matters. For the Giants. I'm going to take the Bills narrowly, but I am very nervous that they'll play down to their competition. And your Monday night delight, the 3-2 Dallas Cowboys, fresh off of that beatdown in San Francisco, go into SoFi to take on the 2-2 Los Angeles Chargers. Cowboys. Hmm, interesting. It's a get-right game. I'm going with the Chargers. I think that Herbert's going to have a day and they're going to do just enough to frustrate Dak and he's going to throw probably two or three more picks because that's what Dak does now. Give it a couple weeks. We'll find out that that finger he hurt is actually broken. (laughs) But teams on a bye, the Packers and the Steelers. So adjust your fantasy rosters accordingly.
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.